1: Hey, welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. Um, joining me in the nine o'clock hour is going to be Fairhaven Select Board uh, Vice Chair Leon Corey. He's going to be here at nine o'clock in studio. We'll take your calls if you want at 508 996 500 I'll take your calls uh, until nine at five oh eight nine nine six oh five hundred. That's how you can get on the that's how you can get on the program this evening. Um Tomorrow too, gonna to have Ross Grace, he is the, he is the, um, chair of the, I mean, he's not the chair. He's a member of the school committee. He's going to be on to talk about, uh, some school committee matters. Um, you know, superintendent Anderson may be going to Newton. So I know we're going to have a conversation about that. And I'm going to be talking to Ross tomorrow at eight o'clock. So you want to stay tuned for that Friday at seven. Uh, Herose, uh, Sheriff Harrow is going to be joining us. Um, we're talking about something that's going on with respect to the sheriff's role in law enforcement. Um, I will not say too much about it now because I don't know how much this is allowed to be said, but uh, it'll be just a good conversation with Sheriff Rowe on Friday at seven. So that's what we got in the week ahead. So Leon Corey tonight at nine, Sheriff Rowe Friday at seven, Ross Grace uh, tomorrow at eight um, and maybe more. You know, sometimes the guests just kind of get booked up as the day goes along. Some people have some interesting stuff to say. And so then I just book them, you know, so there might be more people. I've reached out to other people about different things. And if they get back to me, maybe there'll be somebody in the seven and eight, in nine o'clock hour tomorrow as well. Maybe there'll be somebody at eight and nine, uh, eight and nine on Friday. You know, you never know. Stay tuned. Um, but let's uh, get a call on the line. Let's 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 go to the phones at 508-996-0500. Hey, good evening. You're live.
2: Good evening, Marcus. How's it going? You have a good. You have a good program. Thank you it's so much. Very good. I appreciate it. And you handle the right wingers. With kid gloves.
1: Well, you I know, try to give everybody an opportunity don't to, to speak. You
2: with them. You, you find points that that you could agree with with them and let them make their points and call it a day. You're very smart.
1: I just, yeah, I try to give everybody an opportunity to speak.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it, when you t- take a look at, at uh, President Biden... He has was born with a speech d- 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 defect, yeah, well. stuttering, and he was able to overcome that impediment as a result of hard work. He, he's 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 just as competent a speaker as George W. Bush or or uh, the the father Bush. Or, well, here's what. He, a- Go ahead. Sorry. He's not a talk show host and he's not an actor.
1: (laughs) Well, well, he's the president. You've got to be on. You you know, if you're the president of the United States, you're going to be better than a talk show host or an actor in terms of your public speaking. But um, here's what I'll say about Biden's speech impediment. Uh, It's true that he did have one. Biden in fairness biden's been on the national stage for 50 years right including eight of those years as vice president so very ubiquitous right we've all seen plenty of biden before he became president that's how he that's frankly how he became president is his name id um so we have an idea of how biden is and how he presents and it is unquestionable that biden has definitely in terms of his speaking lost the step um, but does that mean he's? senile no uh does that mean he you know can't speak at all no i thought again i thought he was pretty good he was punchy he had some of that punchy stuff that he you know like you remember the 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 you know, you look at the debate with uh, paul ryan back in 2012 the vice presidential debate i mean he just made paul ryan look like an idiot by just having his quick little jabs and all of that he had a little bit of that uh a little bit of that last night i i thought he presented pretty well and i think when he's when he needs to, he can deliver a, a, a good, solid speech um, on the national stage.
2: Well, I, I mean, if you take a look at uh, Thomas Jefferson, wasn't a wasn't a good speaker. Well, yeah, Tom, Tom, he was a terrible speaker. Yeah. He didn't want to speak to to Congress.
1: Yeah, well, Thomas he, Jefferson w- was uh, was running for president in the era of uh, television. Um, he might not have, uh, had such a strong candidacy, <laughs> you know, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different now. And plus, um, did people vote for Thomas Jefferson or was that the, just the Continental Congress? I don't know, but it's a little bit different now. I think people are a lot more cognizant of someone, someone's ability to speak than they were back in the, um, you know, early 1800s. I will say, you know, to your point. Your ability to speak publicly does not necessarily mean that, you know, does not necessarily translate to your ability to govern. And people who might not be strong speakers might actually be decent, competent uh, in in the area of governance.
2: On the inflation front, let's get real. The price of oil is really critical. And the price of oil is controlled by OPEC. And to a large extent, the Soviet, the, uh, Russia, and Putin.
1: Yeah, I was. I, I was actually going to try to make that point earlier. Um, but OPEC, you know, when we talk about the price of oil, the, there's OPEC, the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries. There's 11 countries. I believe Venezuela is one of them, but it's mostly it's basically the tables run by Saudi Arabia, right? In terms of OPEC, and they they have a you know they basically put the choke. They either Put the choke point on or take the p- choke point off the global oil market and Russia obviously being one of the primary suppliers of oil in the world going into a national conflict and also insulating themselves from the rest of like the world powers, of course, that's going to have an impact on the global supply of oil. So that like when people say, oh, it's Putin's fault, right? Oh, it's oh, oh, no. Oh, Biden is saying it's Putin's fault. It's like, well, yeah, it is in part Putin's fault. Like there's we, we know that, you know, we know that they are a ma- major supplier of oil. They're getting into a war. Um, they're isolating themselves from the global market. So, of course, it's his fault, too.
2: And the the American oil companies are in on the deal too. They cut back their yeah. refining capacities. Yeah. When the price of oil was was skyrocketing. Yeah. And uh, this week, it turns out that Exxon had record profits.
0: Yeah. Right. British exactly.
2: Petroleum had record profits yeah we're, 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 what is that all about i've got i've got if they to... were if they were interested in, in 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 curbing inflation, they would have increased the production of oil. they would have drilled for more oil well that's they, a... they, they, they 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 were part of the part of the problem causing the rise in oil prices and gasoline and then biden gets tacked on as the as the culprit it, it's just ridiculous
1: yeah that's absolutely that's ridiculous. The, well that's the thing that's the thing too is that you know exxon mobil and and uh, and you know the major oil companies they're not going to be like altruistic they're not going to say let's scale back on this people need oil they need gas to to power their cars, people, it's an app. It's a thing that you need to do every week or so, or maybe even more often, depending how you travel. So they know it's something that people need, so they can price gouge. Uh, I did, you know, I did talk to somebody who uh, I, I have a lot of friends in the oil industry. One of them told me, "You're never going to see." Like two fifty, you know, a gallon oil again. This is the market now, and that's not Joe Biden's fault. It's not if Trump was president, gas would be a dollar, you know, a dollar a gallon or two dollars a gallon or whatever. It's just the it's just the it's just the global economic trend.
2: The oil companies knew about global warming right years ago, yeah, and they made a decision to fight global warming, and and. Prevent global environmental policies that would have substituted oil, uh, substituted renewables. Well,
1: yeah, you, you find out a lot of these right-wing media outlets, like the Daily Wire, um, is is you know Ben Shapiro used to used to be a host here. Ben Shapiro at the Daily Wire, a few others are. Um, Are Dave Rubin, uh, you know, there's a there's a lot of conservative commentators that we're finding out are being bankrolled to by for like hundreds
2: by the oil companies bankrolled by the oil companies, yeah, exactly.
1: And why would they have an interest in doing that? Why would they have an interest in doing that? Because they need to shore up enough dissenters to climate change in order to, um, you know, keep uh, the things that they want to go keep them going.
2: You know the price of eggs is skyrocketed. Is that Biden's fault? There's a there's a a, a virus affecting the the chickens in this country.
1: Right. It
2: has nothing to do with Biden. Yeah, I know. But he but but that's part of inflation. The cost of chickens, the cost of eggs has gone up. The shortage of baby food. Now that's another example of blaming biden for the cost of 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 baby food going up it has to to do with the terrible conditions the filthy conditions in these factories that made baby food it's just absolutely incredible
1: yeah no i I know the baby food thing
2: was under uh, when when Trump was running the show as president, and the Fed Powell wanted to increase interest rates to curb inflation. Trump lambasted him and, and attacked him, yeah, and threatened to fire him. Yeah, and Trump wanted Trump got Powell to to pump trillions of dollars into the economy to to lower interest rates and raise the price of stocks on the stock market. They had a a policy called quantitative easing. Mm -hmm. They bought bonds and lowered the interest rates. The interest rate was virtually zero, unheard of and then everybody says the inflation is caused by the government the inflation was pumped up by Trump and pumped up by the by the by the fed and now we have to pay the price of inflation and and Biden is countering the the effect of the fed's high interest rates with fiscal policy and the, so he deserves a lot of credit for keeping the unemployment rate low, Powell's trying to do everything he can to make the unemployment rate go up. Hey, listen, if I gotta... the unemployment rate goes down, the stock market goes down because they they figure that the that the Fed is going to raise interest rates even more. So it, it, it's it's just absolutely incredible. Biden is fighting a war on of, against inflation on many fronts. Yeah. And you like, don't hear you're not you are not going to get the truth out of the uh talk radio. Yeah, I it's no easy to blame it's easy to blame blame Biden. Yeah it's for, easy for, it's easy to for say for it's the guy
1: Right. It's easy to say, well, the guy in office, if I don't like him, it's his fault. If I like him, it's, you know, somebody else's. But it's very clear that there's global economic trends that are bigger than who happens to be president at the time. And the fact that everybody else, every other country in the world is dealing with this is- these issues, I think shows you that it's not, it's not, it can't be entirely Biden's fault, that it has to be a somewhat Putin's fault. It has to be somewhat the global economy. It has to be somewhat recovering from COVID. All of that stuff. It's not a matter of Joe Biden comes on, he flips the economy as bad switch and all these economic angst start to happen and it's not the case that spending is so high you know because biden spent so much that inflation is so high trump actually might have spent as much or more than biden well, um, trump, after coronavirus trump, hey listen trump. man I, I gotta hold you there because i gotta take this break but i do appreciate your call thank you very much okay thank you 1420 wbs i'm marcus um thanks for joining me this evening uh five zero eight nine nine six oh five hundred is how you can join me that's how you can get on the program i've been we've been talking a lot about the biden's uh, state of the union address uh that happened last night and just you know general the general vibe when it comes to um joe biden uh look you know I, it wasn't that long ago that there was a poll that said most Democrats wanted somebody else to run again i'm not, I'm cognizant of that but I think we're at a point now. Democratic Party is not going to let that happen. I think optically it looks worse. Uh, Biden's approval rating isn't that great. It's in the low 40s. I remember Obama's when he got reelected was around 40. I think it was around like 47. Someone can correct me on that if if, uh, if I'm mistaken. I think when he got a reelected it was like 47 to 49. He ended up leaving with a uh, close to a 55% approval rating. Something like that. It's not great, but it's not the worst, and it just depends on who's running on the other side. Um, I, I, ha- I don't happen to think DeSantis is the answer. Um, I think someone like Chris Nunez would be better, but I'm not voting in that primary, so it's not really up to me. Um, but I think that a speech like that, like you know, like I said, it wasn't the Gettysburg Address, right? It wasn't like you know, it wasn't, um, it wasn't you know. I don't know the Sermon on the Mount <laughs> it wasn't uh, Reagan's uh, you know what is it um, the New Day in America speech the the one where he um, I don't know I'll think of more speeches later to compare it to to contrast it to um, negatively
3: good evening Hey, Marcus, do, do you, so, you know what's really funny is, um, you know, listening to AM radio and uh, the opinion on the radio, so there's there's one school of thought that says that the State of the Union, the president looked, you know, feeble and, and you know, slurring his words sure. and was, you know, uttering utter lies in terms of the record of the economy. And then the other side was like, he... Owned the Republicans, you know, with his mm-hmm. his clever rhetorical
1: flourishes. It's like this. this <laughs> neither one of those things is true. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I, <laughs> I think you're. but <laughs> I, right. I
3: mean, but, the, but the, I it was so unpredictable. predictable. Right. Who said? You know, it's yeah. funny. Phil's guest in the morning, um, Leboot who is the
1: uh, you know, so John John, Le, John yeah. yeah. I, I, I Le interviewed Boutilier, him. Yeah. I interviewed him once. Yeah.
3: Oh, is that right? What, what, yeah. What's your take? Do you think he's really a Republican?
1: I don't know. I so when I interviewed him cuz I was filling in for Phil back in 2020, um it was just before everything went to hell. Uh but I interviewed John LeBoutlier and he was like big on Biden. He was like a big Biden guy cuz I think he was yeah. an anti cuz he was an anti Trump guy. Um right, so right. I think he's one of those guys. I don't know like a uh what's that guy's name? But Steve, an Steve Schmidt
3: guy like a lot of Republicans I know you know, they were Reagan Republicans, and uh, even McCain Republicans. Steve Schmidt, they hate um, Trump so
1: much. Yeah, Steve Schmidt, Michael Michael Steele, those kind of guys. Um,
3: yeah, Michael Steele. I mean, how could Michael Steele say he's still a Republican?
1: <laughs> well, you get that you, once you get that MSNBC paycheck. <laughs> yeah, right.
3: <laughs> but anyway, but so what's interesting. I, now, tell me this: you know the business better than me, yeah, the uh, the media business. Hmm. When when the morning after, or even the you know late late that night after the, uh, State of the Union address and the rebuttal, which I thought was really good, good by the way, uh, Sarah Huckabee.
1: Yeah, Sanders, it was fine. She uh, delivered it. impressive. Yeah, she delivered it well. It was you know, like I said, it's just she's an imp- she's a very impressive
3: character, I think. Just in general, I think she I think she has an appeal that is uh, that you know could could be something to be reckoned with going down the road. But anyway, what my question is this. So somebody, I know this, maybe I'm a conspiratorial guy, but somebody's come up with talking points real fast for each side to, uh, you know, to review and utter. Is it, and, and so, you know, all of a sudden you notice that the people on one side are saying the exact same things as, as, and the, and as opposed to the people on the other side that have all collectively started saying the exact same, you know, they have the same interpretation, they're using very similar phraseology. And the only thing you can conclude is it's talking points. Yeah, is that does that really take place? And and as you know, like did like, like did, did Le Bouvier or uh, or Phil or Howie Carr or whomever did like did they get? Oh, this is what this is what the response is supposed to be. Yeah,
1: they 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 get that. So, I mean, they, there was part they the if you're asking if the media gets advanced copies um, of this of transcripts of speeches? That okay, speech I know that. Th- that absolutely happens. Uh that happens, no, that, about, happens loca- what, that happens about, locally about,
3: too. But how about what the response how about what the most clever response is like that like does the DMC give talking points for uh for a response? Oh, oh, or you the, mean oh, like two? like yeah, because the because the commentators all seem to have similar um yeah, you, you know, assessments of the speech using the same language. You know, either for or, or against, depending we, on who
1: they... we, we do know that. We do know that the, those major media companies. There's been documents that have leaked. They do have internal memorandum uh, memos. You know, there's memorandum, uh, memorandum like that will come yeah. down. That'll say yeah. this is what yeah. you're going to yeah, okay. say. Well, this is around. the stuff you're going to talk about. These are the talking points you're going to hit. That does that. Def, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, and I think you can. You can, you know, figure it out by listening from you know Phil to. This show that doesn't happen here, we, we definitely don't do that, no, but major no, media no. companies definitely do.
3: No, 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 but no, I, I, I appreciate it doesn't happen, uh, at my favorite local station. Uh, but you know, when I turn on the view, you know, the ABC, oh, yeah, of course, and and, and what they're saying is it mimicked what, um, even the ABC news feed on this station, yeah, they you know, they present the news, they didn't say, okay, uh, the, the, you know, there was a state of the union last night. The report that they go to, it's a it's an assessment.
1: You know who? It's not, you you it's know who an owns? Assessment of the State of the Union. You know who it's owns Disney. ABC? Right? Disney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so yeah, that that definitely happens. They have internal memos that go down to, that go from the top down to to tell people um, what to cover and how to cover it. There's been memos leaked. I know at Fox News. I believe at MSNBC as well. And you can just pretty much tell by watching if you just. Honestly if you just watch the TV like if you put on any any channel and you watch it through and through you will see the the same things come up over and over and over again because there's there's yeah, messaging
3: and they, and they use um they use words that aren't you know like everyday words and and this has been going on for a while and then somebody clever will uh, will do a montage yeah, and they show they showed twenty cool. different commentators saying, "Well, it's the gravitas, whoa, or, whoa. It, or it's the walls of You know what I mean? They it, they yeah, they yeah. all say it within twenty four
1: hours. Well, there's there's the um yeah there's the uh, the Sinclair Broadcasting Company too. I don't know if you've heard yeah. of them. They own. I do.
3: Yeah, I know. They they've been uh, they, the FCC has been pushing them to 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 they, uh, divest. Certain
1: the, yeah, they properties. own. Well, so for people who don't know, they own forty percent of the local TV stations in the country, and they had um. They they had this really well together. Are
3: you, are you sure that you're accurate with that, that 40% of the independent TV stations in the country?
1: You can fact check me if you want. I might not be, but I'm pretty sure.
3: They have a big footprint for sure.
1: They have a big footprint. And they actually had a, someone put together a montage of this speech in perfect unison talking about <laughs> cancel culture. Um, they all said the same thing in the exact same way, and that was all these TV stations, local TV stations, owned by Sinclair Broadcasting Company. So, Right. So, you, so I don't
3: know if you remember. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's that effort, and they're a conservative
1: ownership. There's a,
3: uh, if you remember, they came up with the, uh, the weather alert day because they own, I think, um, Channel 10 in Providence,
1: they might. I, believe. I They might. I'm not sure. Yeah, they're Sinclair because they have a, um,
3: there's an interesting Sunday show. A uh, former CBS host, I can't think of her name, but it's a Sinclair production. And um, it, it's, it's very good. If anybody watches, you know, the Sunday morning news shows, you have, uh, as Howie calls them, uh, F, F. Chuck Todd. <laughs> um, yeah. Doing the Meet the Press. <laughs> yeah. Afterwards, there's this kind of independent thing that's a Sinclair thing, and I, I'm sorry I can't remember her name, but she's really good. And, you know, and she's conservative, but she yeah. um, there's a little bit of an alternate, you know, Sunday morning news show. You know, you know, it's like a it's like a poor man's sixty minutes, right? And and, uh, and I, and, but it's but it's, you know it's, it's it's anyway, it's good stuff to watch. And it, and thanks for kind of. Confirming that I like somehow these quick talking points get spread. Yeah. And when I, but, but even across networks, all of a sudden, if you're on one side, Phil, uh, Le, uh, Laboot as, as, uh, you know, as, uh, as, as um, the morning mayor calls him, Le movie, he said he owned them and uh, i keep hearing that throughout the day Le- 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 he owned he owned yeah, biden owned you know owned oh, the republicans oh, oh, oh. in that in that moment yeah, yeah you know yeah. he baited them that he uh, it was a setup well oh well,
1: uh, you know owned and all that is is not like a a unique term but like but like yeah so a lot of those you know you see that there's just a lot of you know like anything else there's you know there's just a few media companies that own everything in terms of those major media networks, and and there's 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 definitely messaging behind a lot of that stuff. So, um, you know, they're, 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 a lot of major <laughs> media companies have agendas. Uh, you, you frankly, know what, you
3: know what it behooves all of us to we, do. We don't Marcus. hear it at Townsquare Media. You, you know, no, no, but you know what it behooves all of us to do, Marcus, <laughs> is is to take all of this stuff with a grain of salt. Mm. Yeah, because it's all because it's all suspect information that's being uh, propagated right now. That's my that's my notion. Anyway, hey, thanks for the time, Mark. Yeah, anytime.
1: Thank you. Thanks have for the call. One. I appreciate it. Yeah, so um, you know there has been some like data leaks about. I know Fox News for a fact they have memos. They have they had like in, you know um, internal memos that they that, that would go down that would come from the top down that would say this is what you need to cover and you know, this is how you need to cover it. And that will be covered from the morning show all the way to all the way to the evening shows. The same thing. Other networks do that as well. Um, you know, for, for speeches and all that, just for people who might not know, you, you know, the media does get advanced copies of, of, of speeches um, and they're embargoed. Uh, so I don't know if, you know, I think maybe a lot of people know about that. There is, uh, you know, in, in in the media, there's something called an embargo, where let's say, like for example, here's here's a good example. I was at Mayor Mitchell's state of the uh, state of the city address on uh, last last March, and um, the public information officer handed me, uh, Mike Lawrence, had handed me a transcript of Mayor Mitchell's speech, and it said "embargoed until." Whatever it was, whatever time he had to deliver the speech, two o five p m, two thirty p m, and it was the it was the speech. So you could read it. You know, it, it helps it helps people get, and you know, it helps it helps the media get sort of a leg up on what to cover and all of that stuff. Um, and I, I know for Biden's State of the Union, I was watching some TV. You know, during the day they had leaked his not leaked, but they said this is a preview of Biden's speech. So they're, they're probably saying this is embargoed, but you can show everybody this. Right. So that does happen quite a bit. Um, uh, So, yeah, that's not uncommon to have like speeches, um, to have speeches or sort of information that's uh, before it's being presented in like a press conference or something, be presented to the media and be embargoed. Um, But in terms of, you know, in terms of like if the if there's a certain media outlet covering it like one particular way, you're never going to see that here at at WBSM. But um, but I think. I think you you know if you listen to if you listen to Barry Richard and then you listen to me I think it's pretty clear um, or if you listen to Tim and you listen to Barry or you listen to Phil and you listen to Tim things pretty clear there's definitely some diversity of opinion here but um, but there is at some major media companies Fox News being one of them there are internal memos that say this is what you need to cover this is how you need to cover it um, that that has been that has been discovered it's a fact those memos are out there you can check them out hey listen I got to take a break
0: download the WBSM app and listen to us everywhere
3: would you like to say
0: one's on the left, left the other on the right, right. In the with you. but they're both ready to call it right down the middle more of Marcus and Chris on South Coast tonight here on WBSM
1: Welcome back to South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus Faro, 500 Yeah, that Sinclair video is pretty is pretty wild. I don't know if you if you guys have you know I think a lot of you have. Obviously, the the, the last caller has heard of Sinclair, but they're a conservative uh, media company that owns. Um, I probably should have looked it up at the break, um, but I thought it was forty percent of like TV local TV news stations um, in America, and they and they had this you know very detail they had this very detailed speech uh, that was read to the letter by like hundreds if not thousands of tv news broadcasters throughout the country and someone took a video and edited them all together so you could hear it all at once it was actually pretty terrifying and i know for a fact that there were Fox News memos that were leaked internally that told people how to approach particular stories. Um, you can see that there's, uh, frankly, network by network, there's there's coverage that's usually pretty consistent um, throughout the day because they have an idea of what they want to cover, and so they tell everybody. You know, Fox News, as people probably know, was founded by, um, well, was the conceptualized by, Roger Ailes, who was a Republican political campaign uh, strategist, Uh, he worked on the Nixon campaign in 1969. He was one of the people that helped work on the Southern strategy, which was uh, a way to win the South, which was effective and still effective to this day, a way to win the South by... um, Capitalizing on the anger over the Civil Rights Act passed, uh, the Civil Rights Act passed under Lyndon Johnson's Great Society, and it's not a conspiracy. They're pretty open about it. They've talked about it. You know, you know, Nixon's campaign, uh, Nixon's campaign consultants have talked about it uh, pretty openly. Um, that that's what they were trying to do. Um, they were basically, you know, making in broad strokes. Uh, and sometimes not so broad strokes, sometimes pretty pointed, uh, you know, sometimes a pretty pointed remarks, getting people in the southern states angry about the about the uh, Civil Rights Act and capitalizing on that. And it worked. It did work uh, to that uh, to that end. So. Um, yeah, so yeah, there's definitely, that's, that's definitely true in a lot of media outlets that there is sort of uniformed, like this is how we're going to cover, this is what we're covering, this is how we're going to cover it. Um, again, here at Town Square Media, which is a local radio station, right? Or at Town Square Media in general, I don't get anything from them, (laughs) you know, uh, they don't come down to me, (laughs) you know, they're not calling me from, from New York City, corporate's not calling me and saying, Hey, listen, Marcus, you've got to, um you going to cover that Vogue tech school committee appointment <laughs> more on that, by the way, uh, when I can get that story down, but they're like, you know, they're just saying, Hey, cover the local stuff. Uh, you know, have an audience, run some commercials whatever. Um, but I, I think obviously, you know, bigger, more uniformed media conglomerates. There's, you know, there's a reason people buy up media, right? There's a reason that there's these big, you know, multi, you know, national corporations, are are getting involved in media because there is a message that they want to send. It's again, another reason why there's a lot of um, oil companies that are, uh, that are getting into conservative media, like funding Ben Shapiro, who used to work. He used to work here. So I can, I can talk crap about him now. Right. Is that the rule? Is that how it works? I think that's what it is. He used to, so I can, he doesn't work here anymore. So I can talk crap about him. Um, so, uh, so yeah, he's, you know, the daily wire is his website. He's getting bankrolled, um, you know, to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, by, uh, oil companies actually. Like they offered Steven Crowder a $50 million contract and everybody is saying like, how can they even offer that when they say they're a hundred million dollar company? That's because they are getting financed by oil barons. Basically um, that's true for Dave Rubin to Dave Rubin, I believe was bankrolled by the Koch brothers. Um, there's a few other uh, examples too of, of, uh, of, you know, right wing media, conglomerates bankrolling. Uh, I mean, right wing um, media uh, outlets being bankrolled by, by oil companies. So that stuff happens, man. It does. But here we're all independent. We all just kind of show up and talk. We do our own thing here. Like I said, listen to me, listen to Barry, it's pretty clear there isn't a uniform message here. The uh, think you listen to Tim, listen to Phil. Pretty clear there isn't a uniform message here. We're all doing our own thing, trying to get the information out that we think is important. Leon Corey is going to be joining us at 9 o'clock. Uh, we're going to have a good conversation with him, the Fay Haven uh, Select board member, Leon Corey. So uh, we'll, we'll be talking with him at 9 o'clock hour. What I got to do now is hit the break. So I'll hit that break. When I come back, we'll take your calls. We'll take your app chat messages. Um And uh, we'll we'll have some more fun. All right, stay tuned. Marcus, uh, appreciate all the calls this evening. We're going to be joined by Leon Corey for Haven Selectman. Uh, for the nine o'clock hour, he's in studio with us now. We'll also still take your calls and app chat messages five zero eight nine nine six oh five hundred. 500. So you can get in the program. We're gonna I, we've been talking a lot about Biden and other stuff. We're gonna shift to a more local tone uh, with uh, with Selectman Corey here, and I'm looking forward to to having a conversation with him. Again, again, just a preview of the guests that we have for the rest of the week. You know, Selectman Corey's obviously always going to be on in a minute. We're going to have tomorrow Ross Creation and Befford School Committee. He's going to be joining us at, uh, at eight o'clock tomorrow. Uh, Uh, We don't really feature our local um, school committee members enough here uh, on South Coast and I really at the station. So I'm I'm working on on, on trying to improve upon that. And we're we're starting with uh, with with my friend Ross and on Friday at seven. Uh, Sheriff Paul Harrow is going to join us. He's got a, uh, I think an interesting update coming out of his office about sort of the law enforcement capacity, of the sheriff's office that I think a lot of you will be interested in. And so, um, you know, from now until then, there may be some other guests that pop up. Um, you'll just have to tune in to find out, but that's who's on the books, uh, for, for the rest of the week. So hopefully you will, um, you'll, you'll be here with me and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, 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 have, um, we'll have fun. I'm, I'm working on a, a story about uh, the, that Vogue Tech School Committee appointment, and it's um, starting to come together a little bit more. So I'm hoping maybe by tomorrow I'll have more on that. Uh, I'll have more on that for you guys. So, again, stay tuned, and if you want to join in the conversation, 508-996-0500 is how you can join us.